Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. For additional resources to inspire you in your journey with Christ, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Enjoy today's podcast. close of a year, beginning of a year. I'm glad I get to start it with you, and I hope that by this time next year, our, our complexion changes, and uh, we just have new faces around as we build relationships with people, and they're introduced to Christ in a real and living way. He is so good and worthy of our best, so welcome today. We've just concluded a season, and a lot, of, a lot that has to do with it is light, we have hung lights, we've replaced lights, we have driven through lights, we've even paid to drive through lights, uh, we, we uh, uh, plug lights, we unplug lights, now we've packed away lights, yet we are still people of light. For the prophet wrote, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light, on those living in the land of darkness a light has dawned, and that is true. Jesus is the light of the world, we are all about, about him. It seems obvious, perhaps, that we should begin this year and live this year, since it's numbered 2020, to focus our efforts of thinking and being challenged and preaching and and the Word of God in this matter of 2020. Because we want to be people, since we're people of the light, that we see clearly, that we live clearly, that we walk with having right eyes to see what matters most so we can live in a way that matters most. And so that's what this year of preaching is going to be. We've chosen this idea of, of seeing clearly. And no better way to begin than in seeing Jesus clearly. Because if we don't see him clearly, we're going to miss seeing everything else clearly as well. For he is the light, the true light that has come into the world. So in January, that's what we're going to do for four Sundays. We're going to focus on Jesus. And we're going to look at one text out of the book of Colossians, a letter that Paul wrote. Colossians 1. There's a section of that chapter we're going to be looking at. You're going to hear it every week for four weeks. We're going to see Jesus in in four ways as image, as firstborn, as creator, and as, as head. Those are the four words we're going to look at these four Sundays. Paul, when he writes this letter, is writing from a Roman prison. He is writing to this little church in the in the town of Colossae. Uh, it's not a church that he started, but, but, but it's an outgrowth of another church he started. Uh, it is the year 60 to 62 AD, sometime in that period. And he is writing to steal this church up against a growing false teaching, a heresy that is growing. Now, it's not going to come to a fullness until the second century, but it's beginning to grow here. And he wants to make sure this Colossian church is guarded against it. It's one of the reasons we go to doctors. It's one of the reasons we take care of our health. We're we're doing things all the time to help us. I want my eye doctor to come up. This is my eye doctor, Dr. Thompson. Welcome Dr. Thompson up here. Okay. If you need an eye doctor, he's the guy. Can we, can we use this? He's probably the optometrist of some of you already. All right. Uh, Is that on? There we go. That's it. Is that on now? Let's see. Ah, yeah, it is. All right. So there's preventative care, right? And there's prescriptive care. So give us a couple tips on good eye care, preventative eye care. Uh, Preventative, uh, you can do an 
routine eye exam every year or so, and it'll, um, it'll find little problems maybe if they're there before they're big problems and harder to deal with. Just like a dentist, right? Right. All right. Um, if you're working in your yard, mowing, string trimmer, working with power tools, put safety glasses on. I don't wear safety glasses ever. No. I need to do better at that. Uh, so, is it true that you shouldn't read when it's dark? Um, it doesn't hurt. It just makes you tired a little bit. That was a lie we were taught. <laughs> well, then is it true that carrots make you see better? Not exactly. <laughs> I've been gorging myself with carrots all my life. It didn't make any difference. All right, let's talk about preventative. So, I come to you. I need help. What's my problem? I mean, just keep from the neck up, okay? For, you, for years? Yeah. And yeah. so you're okay waving HIPAA privacy? HIPAA, HIPAA, yeah, it's okay. gone. So your eyes, you have excellent distance vision. You see great far away. I can see who's dozing. <laughs> if I mention a sin and your spouse punches you, I see that. I know that's a problem. All right. All right, so I'm good, right? For distance. For di so okay. your issue is because your eyes are... Mature. <laughs> old. Okay, you could say the word old. You don't see well for close-up reading distance. Right. So what you like, instead of regular reading glasses, you like one contact lens on one eye for close and leave the other eye to see for far. Now, not everybody can do that, right? No. Nope. What percentage can do that? About 30%. I'm in the 30% that can do that, you see. All right, good. Uh, so I know I came to you a couple times, like... Can you remember why? Yeah, the one time you came in, you were concerned because the contact lens kind of got rolled up underneath your eyelid and you couldn't get it out. Yes, and I was highly embarrassed because of what you told me. Well, I said, yeah, we see that a lot, but usually it's teenagers that don't take their contacts out often enough. <laughs> Poor eye care, right? Yes, okay. All right, and then I came to you another time. The other time you came, you called... And you were saying, well, I, I don't know why. I can't get this contact lens off. I've been trying and trying and trying. I can't get it off. So we had you come into the office to yeah. check. And what did you find out? You didn't have a contact on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Thank Dr. Thompson. Now, when Paul writes his letters, sometimes he's writing in a prescriptive way. He... Um, he, for instance, when he writes the Corinthian letter, remember the messed up church that Corinth was? He wrote them to help them to know what to do to get healthier. When he writes Colossians, he's, it's a preventative letter. He's helping them be aware, be alerted to this growing heresy that is happening around them. He wants them to be strong against it. And so when we come, when we're, we're, you might be thinking, why are we going to deal four weeks with Jesus? I know who Jesus is. This is a preventative month. For most of us, you're going to know everything that we're going to proclaim, but we are doing it so that a hundred years from now, if Christ hasn't come back, whoever Plainfield Christian Church is, we are still proclaiming Christ as he should be proclaimed. And we're going to make sure we pass it on to the next generation and the generation beyond them. Do everything we can to preserve the person of Jesus and who he really is. God himself is with us. And so we have these four pictures. Let's look at the text. It's chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. The sun is the image of the invisible God, 
the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers, authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. And so we announce the gospel. We need this text. We need these reminders because this is the great reconciler, Jesus Christ, who makes it possible to stand before the throne of God and before that day to be transformed into his likeness. That's what we're about. First, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Even a limited casual overview of the scripture reminds us of it over and over again. God says in the Old Testament, no man has seen God. In Exodus, it says, no one can look at God and live. In John 1, John writes, no one has seen God. In John chapter 4, Jesus says that God is spirit. Paul writes to Timothy that God is invisible. Yet, God has made himself visible. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. This word image is ikon in the Greek, ikon. Um, in our smartphones, we have these apps, and you probably remember when you first started studying uh, apps that these apps have, these are icons, you know, all these, all these things we have, these, these are all icons. Now, if you're in Europe, they're called icons, but they, they, you push one, and it, it connects you with where you're going, connects you with the truth thing or information you need. Now, in, as, as early as the first century, icons or icons, as we say in the West, were made by the church. The tradition says that Luke even painted the first icons. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Uh, it was said he, he made one of Jesus, made one of, of Paul and Luke. I doubt uh, Paul and Peter. I don't know if that's true or not. But th these are real icons. This particular one is an icon from the Orthodox Church. Uh, this particular one uh, was, was in Russia. It, icons were made to point people to the reality. Much like we would, if you grew up in the church, maybe you saw a flannel graph. Or with our children, we'll show them an anima, animated Bible story that, that tells them about the true thing, the event that happened. Stained glass windows often are formed so that people, especially in areas and time periods where there was a lot of illiteracy, they could look at the pictures and be reminded of, of the story of the gospel. So this particular uh, icon, icon was uh, in an Orthodox church in Russia under communism. It was hidden. When, they, when, when some, of the, uh, some of the communists were tearing down Orthodox churches, they hid the icons quickly. 
And then when communism fell, they started bringing them out. And this is one of those that was brought out. This particular one here is from Poland. Now, that's the, the, Jesus Christ is the image, the true image of the, of the invisible God. Now, the, obviously, the challenge with icons is they can become an end in themselves and be turned into idolatry as they were used in many places. But the same thing can happen today. If you have a special cross or other piece of jewelry you wear or if there's some particular family heirloom or if there's a family Bible or there is something of a spiritual nature, we have to be careful. They're okay as tools to remind us of the beauty of the gospel message and what it is, but we can't dare get stuck on those kinds of objects because they're only, they're, they can only be used as tools to help us on the reality of who God is. That's, that's the warning. Luke was driving back uh, from Missouri uh, Friday with his family, and he came across this church with the sign, Jesus is God's selfie. Now, that's it. That's what Paul is saying. That's exactly it. Jesus is the selfie of God. Now, our age needs this as much as the Colossian church does because we live in a culture where most people don't have a problem with Jesus because he's a, he's a good human being. Who wouldn't want to be like Jesus? Uh, you, you, I mean, you have to be idiotic to think he didn't even exist. There's too much overwhelming evidence that he did. But if you only believe that, that's a distortion of who he is. He is the image of the invisible God. That's why that's why we need to understand. Because the problem in the Colossian area was Gnosticism. Gnosticism, the, the Greek word root there is gnosis, which means know or knowledge. And so there, there was a growing heresy that had not interrupted the church yet, but it was going to be a threat for a while. It's not going to come to fullness really until the second century. But, but right now, they believed that there was a certain mystery language or knowledge that you need to know in order to know God or to be Christian or to be with God. And, well, that's not true at all. They also were dualists. Dualists believe that all matter is evil and all spirit is good. Well, that, that presents a problem with the incarnation. Because how could Jesus be in the flesh? That would be matter. He couldn't have been in the flesh. So they taught that Jesus was sort of an emanation out of God. There were different levels out of God, and he was one of those levels out of God. Well, that's a distortion of Jesus, and that's, that's cultic thinking and cultic operation. And hence, this, is why, this is why the Apostle Paul is writing. This is why we are announcing today, reminding us all who Jesus is. He cannot be someone casual in your life or my life. He cannot simply be a human model of existence for you and me. He has to be Savior and Lord. He is worthy of that position because he's the image of the invisible God. We were created in his image. He is God's image. We were created in God's image. Two different things. Jesus said in John 14, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And he, in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, the writer says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. To call Jesus the icon of God is to say he is the perfect portrait of God, this selfie of God. In Colossians 1.19, our text says, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. In other words, God is saying, all that I am, you'll find in Jesus. He's everything. In chapter 2, verse 3, 
In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul writes that because of the Gnostics. who say, no, there's a mystery. No, nope. everything, every, all mysteries, all treasures of knowledge are found in him. Paul had written to the Corinthian believers this. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It's, it's, it's obvious by the historical testimony of Scripture that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. If God were a man, I would expect him to be sinless, and Jesus was. If God were a man, I would expect that his words would be the greatest words ever spoken, and they are. I would expect if God became man that he would exhibit the most profound influence over, hu over human persons than anybody else, and he did, and he continues to do that. I would expect that if God became flesh, he certainly would affect the course of the world, and Jesus did. I would expect that he would do miracles, and he did. And I would expect that he would demonstrate love beyond comprehension. And Jesus did. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Now, second, we are distorted image bearers. Now, when you take your kids uh, or grandkids to the uh, Children's Museum, one thing that's always on the hot list, even if you have to miss some other things, uh, is the merry-go-round. And if you go to the merry-go-round, you can't walk by those carnival mirrors without stopping, right? Fat people look skinny, and skinny people look fat, and tall people look short, and short people uh, look tall. They, they distort the image. If we had them in the hub today, you'd all go over there. And you've been to them a million times. Oh, let's do it again. Sin has done that to the world. Everything you look at in the world, because of its fallenness, is like seeing it through carnival mirrors. That's, that's, that's the heinous aspect of sin and what sin does. It is much worse a problem than we understand. We were created in God's image. Now, we look around us in the world, and there's so much about our created world that, that shows God's goodness and his glory, Right? Even the Bible says the heavens themselves declare the glory of God. You look at the technical world. Everything about our technology was there at the very beginning. And God has given man the, the, the pleasure of discovering that. Everything we learn about medicine, we, 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 it, it keeps being discovered. It's been there all along because of this master creator that we have. But human beings are the only ones created to indeed bear the image of God, to reflect the image of God. We were created, you were created for God's glory. And if there's anything, if there's anything that comes above that in your sense of purpose for living, you are out of order in your life. And so we're always coming back to that over and over. And this is why sin is so, so serious. Because I think in our age, we fail to take sin seriously. I think we just see it as mistakes, we see it as uh, we just messed up, we'll say. You know, we rarely call our issues sin. You having trouble with that, are you? <laughs> That's probably sin in your life. That's why it's exposing you. Right no. uh, uh, so, you know, just call out your sins this week, okay? No, I doubt that happened, right? All right. Let's say you stretch the truth. So put a lie there, and then uh, let's say lust came into your mind or heart, pride was there. Um, maybe you neglected. 
Well, sin is not only doing something against God, it's neglecting him. Maybe you neglected prayer or the word. And maybe over here you were critical. Maybe your anger got out of control over here. See, what happens? You keep adding sin and sin. What happens? The more you add, the more the reflection of God is disturbed and distorted. That's why sin is such a serious thing. That we don't treat it lightly. We don't, we're not casual about it. We don't laugh it off. We don't act like, well, everybody's human. You know, what can you expect? Uh, back in 06, remember Michael Vick? Uh, he made $25 million that year. He's, uh, as a quarterback, he was the first to rush for 1,000 yards. And he represented, uh, had endorsements with Nike and Rawlings, others, 25 million bucks one year. One year later, he was $142 million in debt and in prison. Because of his scheming through uh, uh, illegal dogfights. It's gone. And in big trouble. When that happened, Rawlings and Nike dropped him. Because they didn't want their names associated with him. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That we are not in a position to represent him. When we are living under the canopy of sin and condemnation. We can't do it. Uh, maybe some of you as parents or maybe some of you as children uh, have spoken or heard the words when you leave the house, remember who you are and remember whose you are. It's not a bad thing to tell your kids to remember who you are and whose you are. That's what we want to live with every day. I got to remember who I am and whose I am. Because this, thankfully, is not the end of the story. We, we, we're in worse shape than Michael Vick was in 2007. Because we have sinned against a holy God who created us for his very purpose. We fail. We failed the very purpose for which we were created. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story. Because third, Christ redeems what we have, re have re distorted. Chapter 3 of Colossians, verse 9 and 10 read, Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Moving is hard. How many of you are still new to our ministry area? Raise your hand. Yeah. It is hard to get used to a new place, isn't it? You got to get a new bank. You got to know which grocery to go to. You want to find the shortcuts to everything. You try. You feel out of balance. You don't know people. It, it's it's hard to get used to a new community. And by the way, we'd love to be a part of you and your journey and getting used to. I hope you find a place to belong here. There's no more drastic move than moving out of Adam's community into Christ's community. Everything is different. The way we think, the way we see, the way we respond, the way we speak, the way, the, the way we conduct ourselves in any area of life. And so we are, being, we are being transformed. Chapter 1, verse 13, right before our text says that Christ has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. So Colossians 3 says, therefore, put to death these things, put on these things. So when we were baptized into Jesus Christ, all of that sin was erased. All of that. Jesus, God says, I will remember their sins no more. That means I'll never hold their sins against them. That's the power of the blood of Jesus. They're all erased. Now the challenge is, we're still in the flesh. Our, our souls have been redeemed. And we belong to the Lord. But our bodies are not redeemed. 
Our bodies are not going to be redeemed until Christ comes back. So until then, we are really struggling in the flesh. And we want, to, we want to increasingly, by our choice, keep putting to death the things of the flesh. That's why we stay in the Word. That's why we stay in prayer. That's why we stay in worship. That's why we they stay in conversation with people and fellowship, community with people. All of that is all about putting to death the things of the flesh and saying yes to the Spirit because we're being renewed in the image of our Creator, God Himself. Christ-likeness is key. There are all kinds of estimates about how many people have walked the earth since Adam. Some suggest as few as 20 billion. Some say as many as 120 billion. Obviously, it depends on how you view the earth and the age of the earth and all kinds of things. Some land at about 60 billion. Some believers uh, with Christian worldview land there sometimes. Of all those people, many have left a lasting impression, but one stands head and shoulders above all the rest. And that's why we're here today. It's all about Jesus Christ. He is, he is the image of the invisible God. More attention has been given to him, more devotion given to him, more opposition directed at him, more criticism directed toward him, more adoration given him than any person who has ever lived on planet earth. He was here 2,000 years ago. Every recorded word of Jesus has been more sifted, more analyzed, more scrutinized, and more debated than all the scientists and philosophers and historians all put together. 2,000 years ago he's lived. Yet there is never one minute on this earth that millions of people are not studying what Jesus had to say. Here's a person that lived in a tiny land 2,000 years ago, and yet his birth divides the centuries between B.C., before Christ, and Anno Domini, A.D., the year of our Lord. He never wrote a book, and yet library after library can be filled with volumes that have been written about him. He never painted a picture, yet the world's greatest paintings, dramas, Music and literature have been inspired by this one person. He never raised an army, but millions have died for him. He never traveled more than 80 miles from his birthplace, yet his testimony today encircles our globe. He never had but a handful of, of followers when he was here on earth. Yet thousands of universities and seminaries and colleges and schools are established on the name Jesus. How can anybody say they are truly educated who does not see him as Jesus, the Son of God? No one can see the world clearly except by acknowledging who Jesus is. No one can truly love people well until they clearly understand what Jesus has done. And no one will see God except those who have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is our urging of you. For anyone here who's heard the gospel message today, if you have not surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, he is coming back. And he wants to give you a new life. He wants to breathe life into you. This is not just a religion to choose. This is not a piece of your life that, yeah, I've got this. I probably ought to have a little church, a little God too to make me a better. This is not what this is about. This is the fact that we are all doomed to eternal destruction without a Savior. And the only one qualified is Jesus Christ. And if you have not surrendered to him, please, please let yourself be known. 
we'll do our best not to feel you, make you feel uncomfortable or, or odd in any way. We just love walking with people to the cross of Christ. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Let's pray. God, how we desperately need you with every breath. And Father, we can speak well of all the ways we are not yet doing well at reflecting your image, but Father, I do pray that increasingly we are, that any sin that loves to trap us, we will run from. That we will be great at self-evaluation because so we can see ourselves through the lens of the Holy One. That there is no reason, Father, logically speaking, why we should have this privilege of holding a little piece of bread and a cup of juice, reminding us of this sacrifice that was, that was paid for us so that we might be in a relationship with the living God. But how we thank you. We have been redeemed. We've been bought back. We thank you for your grace, your stunning love for us. And I pray, Father, as we remember you, we again find ourselves humbled before you. Thank you for Jesus, the image of the invisible God, and our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church or would like to plan a visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.